1: You're listening to the QuickBook Reviews podcast. Brighten
2: your day with a book. Hello, my fellow bookworms. This is Philippa from Quick Book Reviews, author interviews, and book reviews. Well, it's a Friday, so that means it's a quick episode. Just a little bit of your time, and then you can be on your way. What books are we talking about today? We are talking about *The Armor of Light* by Ken Follett and *The Stargazers* by Harriet Evans. Two great books for you, both very different, but both great. Let me read you the blurb of the first one, *The Armor of Light*. Here we go. Kingsbridge, 1792. Revolution is in the air. A tyrannical government is determined to make England a mighty commercial empire. In France, Napoleon Bonaparte begins his rise to power, and with dissent rife, France's neighbours are on high alert. Kingsbridge is on the edge. Unprecedented industrial change sweeps the land, making the lives of the workers in Kingbridge's prosperous cloth mills a misery. Rampant modernisation and dangerous new machinery are rendering jobs obsolete and tearing families apart. Tyranny is on the horizon. Now, as international conflict nears, a story of a small group of Kingsbridge people, including Spinner, Sal Clitheroe, Weaver, David Shoveler, and Kit, Sal's inventive and headstrong son, will come to define the struggle of a generation as they seek enlightenment and fight for a future free from oppression. Wow, isn't that amazing? And this, you get a lot of bang for your your buck here. It's a It's a big book, over 700 pages, which is glorious because books cost money, don't they? And to get all those words, those glorious words are not a wasted word either. It's just fantastic. Anyway, enough about me. Let's talk to Ken Follett now. This is my huge pleasure to welcome back to the podcast Ken Follett, whose latest tremendous book is called The Armour of Light. Ken, welcome back. It's great to be back. You have five questions in five minutes. Are you, are you ready for this? I'm as ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> <laughs> Your first question. Can you just remind us a little bit about this book? Could you give us a bit of a summary?
4: Yes, it's set in Kingsbridge, which is the town I've, I invented for several novels. Uh, it's set in the late 18th century. And so it's about the Industrial Revolution when the new machines turn people's lives upside down.
2: Wonderful, thank you. The next question is, who would this book appeal to? Who should be running out immediately to acquire it legally?
4: i I, I try to appeal to everybody, and I, I sometimes wonder about people who read my books in in China and India and Brazil, people whose lives must be so different from the lives that I portray in the books but but they love the books and i think it's because i write about the very fundamental things that we all have in common the things we all worry about like love and marriage and raising children making money we worry about war and violence and that's common to everybody and so i kind of i kind of hope that Everybody, I don't know, from from adolescence to old age. I hope that they will all enjoy the books.
2: Yes, I'd say it's if you're interested in people, you you will enjoy your books. I'm not. I don't enjoy a lot of historical fiction, and yet I enjoy your books because it's the people that sing through the words. Thank you, thank you. That's
4: that's what I'm hoping.
2: For. <laughs> Next question is: What do you want us to feel? as we're reading?
4: Oh, I want you to feel all sorts of things so long as you feel them strongly. I want you to feel, when things are going wrong for the characters, I want you to feel really worried. And I, I want you to keep on... I want you to say to yourself, I'm just going to keep on reading until they've solved this problem. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you want us <laughs> and, to, um, to not have any sleep at night then, Ken? <laughs>
4: yeah, that's right. And and I I want you, when when something... Unfair happens in the book. I want you to feel angry. And and sometimes I want you to feel scared. And sometimes I want you to feel sad. So really, the whole spectrum of emotions, but I want them to all to be strong.
2: <laughs> Excellent. The next question, I'm interested in your answer to this. Who is your favourite major? And who is your favourite minor character in this book?
4: Oh, major character. I really like the woman who opens the story, Sal, Sally Clitheroe. She's, she's, she's tough and she's smart. She's uneducated, but she becomes a sort of leader of the mill workers in Kingsbridge because she has that kind of personality. And I like her very much. She is, for the first time, I've also... I mean, I write, a, I, I write a lot of feisty women. But this is the first one I've written who actually punches back. And I quite enjoyed that part of it. When she, she's not really a violent person, but when push comes to shove, she, she goes bop.
2: Okay, so that's your favourite major. Who's your favourite minor character?
4: Oh, no. Oh, I know. <laughs> the bishop's daughter, Elsie, is one of the main characters, and she wants to start a Sunday school. And she needs to prove to her father, the bishop, that the children of this town really need education. So she brings in this little boy who's, real, who's a real ragamuffin. And she says to him, to prove it to his father, she says to him, do you know who Jesus is? And he says, he says, there's no one of on that name in Kingsbridge, and I know everybody. So, there's no Jesus in Kingsbridge. and then he claps his hand and spits in the fire and he says, "My oath on it." <laughs> he's I really enjoyed it. i don't I don't do comedy at all, really, but that's a little a, a little comic episode that I really enjoyed.
2: It's nice that you just sort of drip those characters into the book as yeah, well to yeah. help help the journey. The last question when we talked previously, we asked you the biscuit question and and, and it emerged that you, you are a very healthy person, Ken. You've given up sugar, you've given up all sorts of things that shouldn't be. You've given up smoking. Yeah. So this question is about what drink was powering the writing, whether it was tea, coffee, or or wine. What is your drink of choice?
4: I'm right now I'm drinking a mug of tea, and that would be that would be my my drink. I absolutely never drink alcohol while I'm working because, I mean, the whole point of alcohol is to make you relax and not not feel like working, isn't it? I mean, so I've never had an alcoholic drink while I'm working, but a big mug of tea really helps me a lot.
2: Perfect. Keep drinking those mugs of tea because we want to keep reading your books. Ken Follett, whose latest book is The Armour of Light. Thank you so much.
4: A pleasure. Thank you.
2: Well, that was wonderful. Now let's go on to The Stargazers by Harriet Evans. Another fantastic book. Let me read you the blurb of this one. It's the 1970s and Sarah has spent a lifetime trying to bury memories of her childhood, the constant fear, the horror of her school days and fame, the vast crumbling house that was the sole obsession of her mother, Iris, a woman as beautiful as she was cruel. Sarah's solace has been her cello and the music that allowed her to dream, transporting her from the bleakness of those early years to her new life with her husband Daniel in their safe, if slightly chaotic, Hampstead home and with a concert career that has brought her fame and restored a sense of self. The past, though, has a habit of creeping into the present and, as long as Sarah tries to escape, it seems the pull of her mother, Fane Hall, and the secrets hidden there, cannot be suppressed, threatening to unravel the fragile happiness she enjoys now. Sarah will need to travel back to Fane to confront her childhood and search for the true meaning of home. Very good. Let's talk to Harriet now. Well, it is my huge pleasure to welcome back to the podcast today, Harriet Evans, to talk to us about her wonderful book, The Stargazers. Harriet, welcome back. Hello, thank you for having me. Great to talk to you again, but you've got five questions
1: in five minutes. Are you ready for this? I am. I do talk quite a lot. So let's see how this goes. (laughs) Thoughts and
2: prayers. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. the first question, can you summarise this book for us?
1: The Stargazers is a story about hope and looking up to the stars and trying to overcome bad times in the past to face the future. And it's about Sarah and her husband Daniel and Sarah's childhood where she grew up in a really not great situation in a crumbling stately home. And she marries Daniel and tries to start a new life in Hampstead in the late 60s. And so it's set in the 50s and 60s and 70s. And it's about whether Sarah will be able to overcome the past and whether the two of them will be able to carry on with family life together. And it's a big, lovely saga that you can lose yourself in on a cold winter's evening.
2: There we go. Very good. The next question is, who would this book appeal to? Who should be reading this book? Well,
1: I write books for myself. I always want to read the book I'm writing. And if I start from that premise, then I know I'm going to enjoy it. And I do genuinely lose myself in the story I'm writing. I love stories that are involving and take you out of your world so that you have to look up and slightly remind yourself where you are. And I write for people who are busy and don't have much time and like stories about families and relationships and the past and secrets. And I read all sorts of things. I read murder mysteries, I read nonfiction. I read old books, I read modern books, I read rom-coms, I read everything. So I'd hope that this would be a book that would appeal to anyone who likes novels, really, if that's not too broad a pitch.
2: <laughs> no, we'll go with that. Your third question is, what do you want us to feel as we're reading The Stargazers?
1: Oh, I just want you to feel like I want you to be really involved in it. What I try really hard to do is to create a setting and a world where I've done so much research, so much looking back to the past about what times would have been like, so much about the house that they're in about the boarding school about i don't know what would have been in the news so that it's all in my head so that you are not having to worry about any of that you just read the pages and you're completely sucked into the story and i don't i just want you to feel involved my job someone once said my books were um, armchair books like that you sink down into an armchair and and just Lose yourself in it. And that's exactly... I just want you to feel what the story is. And that's quite simple, actually.
2: Is it quite emotional writing these books, then? Um,
1: well, I would have said no. But actually, there's sometimes I'm writing... But I do really enjoy writing villains. There's a the brilliant villain in The Stargazers, her mother, Iris. She's just so evil. And I quite liked writing her evilosity. Um, but... There are some moments that are emotional. There are some moments I haven't been able to reread. There was a, a scene in a book a couple of books ago I couldn't reread. And there's some there's some bits where it's not that you're crying. It's just it's really hard for the characters you love to go through that.
2: It's mm, understandable. Well, your next question is about characters. And can you give us your favourite major And your favourite minor character in The Stargazers. In The Stargazers,
1: my favourite major character is Sarah. She's the main character because she's with you the whole way through the book. And I take her on quite a journey from a really terrified 12-year-old girl who's arriving at this stately home that's crumbling to the ground in 1955 to this late 70s mother of two who has been through such a lot and managed to stay standing at the end of the book. And I really loved her. I really felt I'd done right by her and that if you create a character, it's your duty to make sure they're, that you see them right and that they're okay. And I, I hope I did that with her. My favourite minor character would be one of the crazy teachers in the boarding school there's this boarding school she and her sister are sent to. And I really enjoyed giving all the teachers that like there's one called Mrs. Dun, Miss Dunoon the loon. You know, they were all really weird. And I read loads about 50s boarding schools and how quite often it's really interesting. In the boys boarding schools, the most awful, horrific things were happening to them. They were being abused and beaten and, you know, taken out for like long run. In girls boarding schools in the 30s, 40s, 50s, up, up to the 80s. The women who ran them just were often really mad. Like, you weren't allowed to use a certain staircase and you had to, like, stand in a certain way or you had to sit. I mean, they were still cruel, but it wasn't the same level of cruelty. But it's just kind of petty, rule based insanity. And some of them were really bonkers. So I quite liked writing that. So I I very much enjoyed that.
2: Yeah. So I mean, I think we've all had our experiences of strange teachers we still recount a biology teacher that would get um, a pair of actual lungs sheep's lungs and blow into them without any uh <laughs> anything distancing her from the blood on the lungs no oh, she would love she would love that no way Yes, yeah, that that stayed with us all it has to yeah well to she that. could teach her though um trying to be careful in case anyone knows her that listens i think we were all so perturbed like i was too scared to cough in her class, because if you cough, she would bring you a glass of water from the tadpole tank.
1: If you put that in a book, they would say that's not realistic. Like (laughs) real life is always much better than... That's amazing. Thank you for the gift of that. That's really made my day.
2: (laughs) So, yes, teachers are always an interesting one. Well, we come back to the final question today, which is when we last talked, we were talking about biscuits and your biscuit of choice was a ginger nut now the question is about what drink was powering the writing of the Stargazers? Was it tea, coffee, martinis? What what was the drink of choice?
1: Well, there's two. In the morning, I um, this is going to sound a bit woo-woo, but I whiz up uh, turmeric and ginger and mint, turmeric grated turmeric and ginger root, and I freeze them in ice cube trays with a bit of water. And I pop them in a little mini teapot, a nice cube a day, and I drink that. And that is just a great way to start the day. The only trouble is when you've done it, your hands are, I make a big batch. Your hands are like yellow for about three days afterwards with the turmeric because turmeric makes them. But turmeric is so good for you. So I have that in the morning. And then the rest of the day, um, my partner at the beginning of the pandemic bought a coffee machine. And it's a really posh one. And you just go and push the... And that became like the highlight of our day. We'd meet, one of us would be homeschooling, one of us would be working. We'd meet by the coffee machine and quite often we'd have had nine coffees because that's the only excitement of like lockdown. We're like, hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm fine, how are you? So I will make a bit of a performance of going down and getting a coffee because it's a nice, you know, thing to do. But um, I'm I'm either the turmeric or a nice coffee from the machine or Lady Grey tea. I do not I do not bother with breakfast tea, which the luckiest man in Bath who's downstairs working prefers breakfast tea. But I, I'm Lady Grey all the, all the way. Just call me fancy. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. Well, that <laughs> does tea. sound. I'm very impressed with those drinks choices. So, Thanks. yeah. Thanks.
1: Yellow hands and fancy
2: teas, I mean. yeah, that's... Yeah,
1: cool. I'm in Bath. You know, if you're in <laughs> Bath... You've got to have posh tea. They throw you out otherwise. Yes. If you go for PG tips, they're like, get out, get back on the M4. You don't want to
2: riot. Yeah. <laughs> well, it has just been, I really mean this, a complete joy and pleasure to talk to you and hear more about the Stargazers. Harriet Evans, thank you so much.
1: Philippa, thank you. It's been wonderful. So
2: those are your two books. I'm about to send you on your way. Let's just have a quick recap. We've had The Armour of Light by Ken Follett. And the Stargazers by Harriet Evans. If you want to hear more about those authors and those books, if you go back a couple of months, you will find longer interviews with those authors about those books. But I am sending you on your way. I hope you're well. Look after yourselves. I'll be back on Monday with more waffle and I'll talk to you very soon. Take care now. Bye bye. You've been listening to the
1: Quick Book Reviews podcast. That's enough books, said no one
3: ever.